I like simplicity. I don't need luxury. Francis Ford Coppola seeks to shun luxury. Dr. Rosa Salzberg of the University of Warwick is part of a network putting luxury at the centre of their research. So why do I think uh, luxury is an important thing? Certainly the Italian Renaissance, which I study, is deeply associated with luxury. It's one of the reasons it still fascinates us as a period is because of the incredible production of, of exquisite luxury goods, clothing, furniture, architecture, jewellery, household objects, the kind of things we go to see in a museum like the V&A. It is a moment, I think, in history when possessing things, showing off taste and fashion, become immensely important in a way that they hadn't been earlier as a way to demonstrate one's refinement, taste, status. I think what's more important and perhaps more interesting uh, to me, certainly, is to think about some of the other sides of the story, though. Broadly speaking, what all of these new goods and experience meant for the whole of society, not just for the most wealthy consumers. So, for example, there's been a lot of work on consumption, but only more recently scholars have become more interested in how this links to production. For example, the role of artisans uh, like glassblowers or tailors or goldsmiths in driving taste and fashions in luxury goods. I think these kind of figures may have, uh, they, certainly they were further down the social scale and more difficult to document from a historian's point of view than someone, a famous figure like Isabella d'Este or someone from the Medici family, but they could be immensely important in their own way. So I think we need to connect consumption to the story of how these people acquired their skills, how these artisans acquired their skills, how those skills were transmitted from place to place and between generations, what inspired them, what kinds of materials were available to them, um, why they chose to set up their businesses in one place and not another, and how they collaborated with each other and also with patrons. So in other words, I think the movement and the agency of these kinds of people helped very much to make the Italian Renaissance, literally to make the Italian Renaissance, providing a lot of the energy, the manpower and the ideas that went into producing this quite extraordinary period in history. Another uh, example, I think, uh, other agents of luxury diffusion that need more attention are peddlers, which I've studied a little bit in my own research. So peddlers are proliferating in Italian cities in the Renaissance period and elsewhere in Europe as well. Uh, certainly by the 16th century, they're starting to take cheaper, but I would still argue luxury goods, if we're thinking from the point of view of the consumer. Things like fans, gloves, perfumes, prints, printed pamphlets and images um, out onto the streets. So a new range of smaller, cheaper consumer goods is coming onto the market in this period. The kind of things that are certainly unlikely to be preserved in museums, but I think uh, it's important to try and understand and, and reconstruct to a certain extent because they were important to, to people at the time and I think historians still need to think about them. The thing that's very interesting, I think, about peddlers is that they uh, occupy often very central public spaces. So if we think about a space like the Rialto Bridge or Market in Venice, Piazza San Marco in Venice, um, and also because of the fact that some of them moved from around from city to city, meant that they could be quite uh, extraordinary, often agents of diffusion of goods, but also of styles, innovations, ideas, broadly throughout society. Also, I think there are still a lot of questions to answer about how consumers below the elite level regarded the proliferation of luxury goods in this period. So to what degree they sought to emulate elite consumers, perhaps with cheaper imitations of the same goods, or whether they sought out their own types of things. 
A related question to this, I think, is for me as a historian, partly of communication, I'd also like to know more about public opinion on luxury in this period. Certainly this is something we think about in our own day when luxury is still a very contentious issue, particularly at the moment we think of questions like the ethics of luxury in a very, at times, often unequal society, especially in the wake of the financial crisis of a few years ago. We also think about questions like the sustainability of luxury um, in a period of environmental crisis as well. Related questions were very important in the Renaissance period because a lot of these questions were very new and they were very urgent ones about what does this actually mean for our society. There's also, I think there's a lot more work to be done on how people thought about the new profusion of luxury goods in this period and its social consequences. Also about how information and trends about luxuries were communicated if we're thinking also that this is the first period of the printing press, which is particularly uh, flourishing in Italy in the 16th century. So how was this kind of information about luxury diffusing, especially outside of the elite environment, and what kind of social critiques were circulating because of it, besides things like sumptuary laws that have been quite well studied? So in other words, I think uh, I, I don't think we can look at luxury consumption without thinking about other sides of the story, about production as well, about poverty and about different uh, levels on the social scale as well as the elites, if we're to get a fuller view of what this period is about and about how people experienced it. One of the things I think is really exciting about this project is that we're trying to see how the past can inform the present, but also vice versa. And I think some of the questions um, that I've been suggesting can help us to offer a different view of the luxurious idea of the Renaissance, not just as an elite phenomenon, but as something that touched the lives of everyone in some way. You've just been listening to Dr Rosa Salzberg of the University of Warwick discussing her view of luxury. This podcast was brought to you by the University of Warwick's Knowledge Centre. I'm Lucy Hanford and the producer was Craig Hinks. The Luxury Network is formed of the Global History and Culture Centre at the University of Warwick, the VNA, Stockholm University, the University of Melbourne and the University of Bologna. To find out more about the network, visit warwick.ac.uk forward slash luxury and discover similar podcasts, articles and related material at warwick.ac.uk forward slash knowledge.